Good morning and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. May God bless you and we hope you enjoy the sermon. Good morning. For those of you who may not know me, and that is a very real possibility, uh, I'm Mr. Nobody. Actually, I'm Bill Jenkins. I'm with His Grace Ministries, and I am thrilled to death to be here at the River of Life. My wife and I are family members here, and uh, we are thrilled to death that we have Henry Jones as our pastor. Give him a hand, please. As an evangelist, I walk a very thin line. Uh, first and foremost, I don't want to say anything that would cause you to doubt your salvation. Understand that according to what this Bible teaches, there's no way I can literally do that. According to Romans chapter 8, 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 5, it is the Holy Spirit of God that bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. I was witnessing to a man recently and I began to talk to him about eternity. And his wife said, preacher, he is a good man. Immediately, the witnessing was over. The man, taking comfort in what his wife had testified, would no longer listen to the gospel message. Dear friend, there is only one voice that can assure you that you're saved, and that's the voice of God as it speaks to you through the Holy Spirit of God. Don't you go into hell having somebody telling you you're a good man, you're a good woman. You need to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you're saved. Now, also, I walk that line knowing that I preach to people in churches, most of them coming Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, that if this Bible is correct, the majority of them do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. Some preacher somewhere told them something and they believed it and never experienced the new life that comes in Christ Jesus. Your Bible said that if it's possible, Satan would deceive the very elect of God. And dear friend, he's having a heyday in our day. I was watching uh, YouTube the other day and a very noted evangelist, a very tremendous speaker going all over the world, uh, addressed a crowd of preachers and laymen and ministers. Uh, according to what I saw on the, on the video, hundreds of people, perhaps even thousands of people were listening to this man. As he got up in front of the crowd, he said, I have been watching some of you on the social media as you preach your sermons. And I've just got one question to ask. Do you read this book? I'm afraid that we have been on such a diet of praising the Lord. And I love to praise the Lord. I think we've been on such a diet of, of preaching the love and the grace and the hope and the mercy and all of that, that somehow in the process, we have left out the fact that this Bible, 66 books, 1,189 chapters, is filled with warnings on the condemnation of people who die without Christ. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 27. Very simple verse. You've heard it quoted a hundred times. The Word of God says that there is appointed unto man a time to die. Then comes the judgment. 
In fact, as you study the Word of God over and over and over again, the Scriptures talk about that moment when all of men who have not received the love of God and have been saved will face God. Can you think of a more frightening thought than the thought of standing before a holy God after rejecting His Son, after He gave Him as a sacrifice for your sin? Let me share some Scripture with you. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. The Bible says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, they're holding the truth in unrighteousness. Listen to verse number 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them, for the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 26 and 27. The Bible says, For if we sin willfully, after that we've received the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. The Bible says of how, of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite the spirit of grace. Jesus preaching one of the greatest sermons you find in the New Testament. John chapter number 3, verse number 36 says this. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Can we just stop and praise the Lord right there? Amen. But then read the rest of the verse. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Isaiah 26, 21. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Luke chapter 12. Are y'all getting into this? Luke chapter 12, verse number 5. The Bible says, but I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath the power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Job 4, 9, by the blast of God they perish. By the breath of his nostrils they are consumed. Isaiah chapter 13, verse number 9. The Bible says, behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Second Corinthians 5.11, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, made one of the greatest statements on soul winning that I've ever heard. This is what he said. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. 
we persuade men. Paul said, I know about the judgment. I know about the condemnation. I know about the eternal destiny in a hell. And because of that, I persuade men. It has been said, and rightfully so, that Jesus preached more on hell than he ever did on heaven. Recently, there was a poll done almost 10 years ago. I say recently like it happened yesterday. I can remember things that happened 40 years ago a lot better than I can have, remember things that happened four minutes ago. But about 10 years ago, this poll was made among Americans. And I'm assuming they just walked up the street and asked people. Of the 100 people or so that they asked, 87% said that they thought that when they died, they would go to heaven. 87%, that's a, that's a overwhelming majority. Which is really, really, in that same poll, only 58% believed in God. There's a problem here. I mean, if you, you can't reject God and have heaven. It doesn't work that way. I'm reminded of that little boy uh, that, that he went to his teacher and he told his teacher, he said, now, I don't want to scare you. But my daddy said that if my grades don't get better, somebody's getting a spanking. He knew it wasn't going to be him. Dr. Vance Havner, what a great, great mountain preacher. Your pastor's got several books that he wrote, tremendous man of God. Told of, a, of an incident that happened in the life of a soul winner, a fellow by the name of Dr. Licklider. And Dr. Licklider was trying to witness to the local sheriff. And, he, and, and the sheriff was hard and calloused. You know how some people get. And he went to him and he said, aren't you even scared about dying? And the sheriff looked at him and he said, I'm not scared of any man and I'm surely not scared to die. And Dr. Licklider said, but what about the judgment? And the sheriff said, my stars, I'd forgot about that. My key scripture this morning comes from the book of the Revelation. If you've got your Bible, please take it and turn there. You'll find it in Revelation chapter 20. John has seen many things in the book of the Revelation. I'm looking forward to teaching the book of the Revelation here at our church in the near future. Hope you'll sign up for that class. It's one of the most tremendous books in your Bible, 22 chapters. In the chapter number 1 and in chapter number 22, it says the same thing. Blessed are you who read and study and understand the things that are written in this book. It's a blessing book. And yet here in Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 11, the Word of God says, and this is John on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God telling you what he saw in the coming future. I saw a great white throne. And him that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things that were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. 
and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The most frightening moment in all of eternity for every one of us would be that moment if we were not saved when we stood before God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John 2 and verse number 25, he needeth not that any would testify of man because he knows what's in man. He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He knows what goes on when nobody else is watching. He's watching. And you stand before him. He is Lord. And you're judged according to your works. And then the Bible says the books are opened. And the book of life. And as they search through the book of life, they cannot find your name. This moment, this, this frightening moment in all of eternity comes at the end. It is after the Holy Spirit of God has already come and convicted you of sin. Your Bible says, Titus chapter 2, verse number 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all Men. All means all. And that's all that all means. All men have had a revelation from God. Your Bible goes further to say John chapter 6, verse number 44. No man can come to me except the Father which sent me. Draw him. I'll raise him up again at the last day. Again, John chapter 4, verse 65 and 66. And he said unto me, therefore said I unto you, no man can come unto me except it were given of him of my father. And from that time, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. So here is the situation. The most frightening moment in all of eternity comes after you have said no to God time and time and time and time again. Your Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to usward. He is not willing for anyone to perish. He wants all to come into repentance. And so he sent the Holy Spirit, who is God. He is faithful in his work, and he comes and he convicts, and he draws, and he draws but he does not force. And you can say no. And you can fool your wife. You can fool your kids. You can fool your preacher. But you cannot fool God. And the most frightening moment in all of eternity comes when after he, because of his great love toward you, has called you and you said no. But I have to go further. This moment comes after you have rejected the preaching of the word of God. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 14. The Bible says, how shall they call upon him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they believe on him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they pre hear without a preacher? 
So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I'm glad we've got a church where when you go, you hear the Word of God. It convicts the soul. The preacher preaches. And you sat there and you've heard the message. But the most frightening moment in eternity comes when you said, oh, them old bald-headed preachers. I'll make it on my own. I'll do it my way. Me and God, we got our own thing worked out. The most frightening moment in all of eternity comes after the prayers of intercession made by mothers and fathers and wives and loved ones have gone unanswered. Not unanswered by God but by those who have rejected the call of God upon their life. I was playing golf, and your pastor can bear witness to this. I sometimes forget what I'm doing when I'm on a golf course, which is obvious because of the scores I turn in. But I had to be privileged to play with this certain individual that uh, I had known for years. And in the process of playing, I just simply ask him, Merritt, you were to die right now on this golf course. You going to heaven? He said, I sure am. I said, Merritt, I know you. I know you to be a vile, corrupt individual. You drank. You cussed like a sailor. What makes you think you're going to get into heaven? With my hand up, this is what he said. Preacher, my mama died a couple of years ago. And she's in heaven right beside Jesus. And I know that she is going to take care of me. Most frightening moment in all of eternity comes when all of your plans and all of your schemes have fallen apart. According to Scripture... The throne that's set up in Revelation 20 is not the same throne that is set up in Revelation 4 and 5. In Revelation 4 and 5, that throne where the Lamb of God sits, the air is filled with praise and the great, uh, great honor that is due Him as we bow before Him, casting our crowns at His feet, crying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty. I can't hardly wait for that. But the, but the throne set up here speaks about that day when the Lord Jesus Christ shall judge men according to their works. The description of the throne, I think, is very important. It is a throne because it speaks of his authority. It speaks of his power. There is no higher court. There's no repeal. There, there, there's no, no, no chance for a second chance. The throne is white, which speaks of the purity of his judgment. And it is a pure white throne of authority because of he who sets upon that. Heaven and earth has fled away. And now that throne is the central of all of our attention. The crowd assembled. <laughs> the dead, small and great, stand before God. 
dead, not because they died a physical death. We, we have a funeral home over in Perry called Joe P. Burns Funeral Home. I used to tell people it's not a Joe P. Burns death that we're talking about here. This is the death of separation. It means that you died without Jesus. Have you ever thought of this? In Luke's Gospel, the 16th chapter, there's a rich man, and he dies, and according to Jesus, in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. That was over 2,000 years ago. Yet your Bible says on this day, death and hell are going to deliver up the dead which were in them. That means that for 2,000 years, that man has been in the torment of a burning hell, a place that Jesus described that, that where the worm dieth not, where there's the gnashing of teeth, a place where the smoke and, and the smell of hell fills your nostrils. Your every present moment is filled with torment. And yet, on this day, you get to get out of hell. <laughs> Only to stand before the Lord Jesus, the one you rejected. Death and hell, as they are emptied, they are taken and they're thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation, the 14th chapter, the Bible says the Antichrist, the false beast is there, there and the smoke of their torment is ascending up into the heavens forever and ever. Revelation 21, 8, the fearful are there. Just too scared to go for I have people tell me this all the time. I'd go get saved, but I just don't want to walk down in front of all them people. I'm preacher, I, I'd get saved, but I'm scared that I can't live it. You can't. It is only the Holy Spirit of God living through you. <laughs> preacher, I'd get saved, but I'm scared. You know, what, what would my friends think? And so the Bible says on that day, the fearful the unbelieving. Yeah. We're surrounded with people nowadays who don't believe this book. The only hope for mankind. And they've rejected it. And then he goes further. He, he says the abominable will be there. The vile, the wicked, the murderer, the whoremonger, the sorcerer, the idolater. What a crowd! And all liars you ever told a lie <laughs> not you you were five years old you had crumbs all over your face your mama walked in the kitchen and said have you been in the cookie and you said no and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone this is the second death and then the Bible says, the books are opened. Do you know that God's been keeping a record? In fact, Jesus said, you will one day give an account for every idle word. That joke you told your buddies, God wrote that down. When you got mad and, and said something behind your husband's back, God wrote that down. And the books were opened. 
And every man is judged according to the things that are written in their books. And your Bible says, and all of their works are judged. And some of you are saying, well, I'm doing okay. I give to the church. That'll work. I like the preacher. I mean, you know, I, I tried to, I tried to, I had a fellow tell me one time, he said, preacher, you need to know something about me. I said, what's that? He said, I'm a pretty good guy. He said, I don't lie. I don't cuss. I don't run around on my wife. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'm a pretty good guy. And the Bible says, and they were all judged according to their works, not his work, your works. What have you ever done to deserve missing hell? What have you ever done that would exalt you to the heavens? And they're judged according to their works. The most fearful moment in all of eternity comes after you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. And then the Lord says, search the book. And the book of life is opened. And an angelic finger goes down the page searching for your name. And you wait, bated breath, anticipating surely a mistake has been made until finally your name's not there. Several years ago, Jerry Goff wrote a song. This is what that song says. Please search the book again. I thought my name was there. You see, I went to church on Sunday, but I never knelt in prayer. Please, please search the book again. Oh, I know it's too late now. Please search the book again before you make me go. Back in the 1800s, 1894, a fellow by the name of Shaddock wrote this. Oh, what a weeping and a wailing as the lost are told of their faith. They cry for the rocks and the mountains. They pray, but their prayers too. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4, tremendous passage of Scripture, where the Apostle Paul makes this statement. He said, The God of this world hath blinded the mind, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine in, and they should be saved. Why in the world would anybody preach a sermon like this? Because there is a great need for you and I who are saved to live for the glory of God. In fact, your Bible in the Apostle Peter is the one that did the writing in Second Peter. 
He says, if you know these things, what manner of persons ought you to be in all manner of holy conversation or holy living? Be always ready to give an account of the hope that is within you. Because our world is lost and dying. But mostly I preach this message because people are deceived. Matthew's gospel, the seventh chapter in verses 21 through 23. Jesus spoke one of the largest, longest sermons that he ever preached. Now you think my sermons are long. His covered three chapters, okay? And with power and authority, he said many Many in that day shall call upon me and said, Lord, Lord, in thy name we have prophesied. It means to preach. Lord, in, in thy name we've done, we, we cast out devils. Lord, in thy name we have done many wonderful works. Do you understand that that crowd expected to go to heaven? Had you asked any one of them five minutes before they died, are you saved? They would have said unequivocally, yes. Look at verse 23. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. He didn't say, I knew you when you got lost again. He said, there's never been a time when you and I had a relationship. I never knew you. Depart from me that work iniquity. I'm going to ask you to pray with me, please, right now. If you're a born-again child of God, please be praying with all that's within you for someone in our building at this very moment who might be lost. And also, I want to ask you to pray for yourself and pray for me. We live in a dark world, in a dark time. And if there's ever been a time when we ought to be standing for the glory of God daily, it's this hour, it's this day. And there may be a real need in your Christian life for you to come and find your place at this altar and rededicate your life to live for His honor and for His glory. But dear friend, if you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, you've been preaching to me. I'm a church member, but I, I'm not saved. I want to tell you what the Word of God says. First and foremost, you're not alone for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Secondly, the Word of God assures us that the wages of those sins is death. But, <laughs> I love it when God butts in. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter number 9 and 10 the word of God says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And then with the mouth is confession made unto salvation. You see, it's a heart problem. I must give my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever, Romans 10, 13, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Now I want to ask you this morning. If you died this very moment. Are you saved? If you died this very moment, would you spend the rest of eternity looking to the most frightening moment in all of eternity?
that day when they searched the Lamb's book of life looking for your name. Only to hear the report. It's not there. It's not there. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Your pastor will be here at the front of the church. I will be here. Others are here. Dear friend, if God has spoke to your, church, your heart this morning, don't let this opportunity pass you by. Come and talk with someone. You say, preacher, I think I am, but I'm not sure. Why take a chance? Why take a chance? Come get it straight this morning. You preacher, what are people going to think? Dear friend, what are they going to think when you stand before God? This morning, this morning, you can make all things right. Now, when you stand to your feet, the devil's going to tell you, don't you go down there, don't you take a step down there, and, and if you listen to him, he will defeat you and damn your soul. So when you stand to your feet, if God has spoke to your heart, I'm going to ask you to immediately step out and come to the front. Preacher, why do I need to do that? Well, somebody else may be watching to see if you're coming, and if you come, they'll come. And it may be very well here this morning, dear friend, if you brought someone to church with you and you know that you're saved and you question whether or not they're saved, you might want to reach over and grab their hand and say, look, if you need to go down there, I'll go with you. Are you ready? As we stand to our feet, you come right now. Pastor.